Welcome to Pints of Peterborough episode 17. We are here with Bob Kasperzak and we are also hosted by Brio Gusto. Make sure to check out their Lobster Week, 16th through 21st of May. They've also got a Jazz Day, April 29th and 30th. I understand there are a number of restaurants participating in that, so check out some jazz if you're into those things. And last but not least, Brio Gusto also has a Ladies' Night. Thursday, April 28th, 2016, from 5.30 to 9 p.m. Unfortunately, Bob and I are married, but uh, for all the rest of you single folks, make sure to get out there. And today is a very special day because because it is the day before Bear's Lair. Yes. And Bob, maybe you can kind of tell us when that is. Yeah, so Bear's Lair, I'm sure most people are familiar with the Dragon's Den on CBC. So it's basically Peterborough's version of the Dragon's Den. And uh, I applied for it, pretty much uh, a last-minute entry, and I got accepted to be a finalist. So I'm in the uh, top six, which is tomorrow, Tuesday, April 26th at 7 p.m. And uh, yeah, and where is it? It's at the venue. And can anybody show up, or do they need to? Uh, You need tickets, but they're free thanks to I think it's Ashburnham Realty. Okay, picked up the tab for that. And uh, so it's free. You just have to go through Eventbrite, I believe. Yep. And get tickets. Yep. So it should be good. I just have to go tomorrow and deliver my pitch to the Bears. And hopefully they're nicer than Kevin O'Leary. And uh, (laughs) yeah, hopefully I win. But if not, I'm still going to win tomorrow because it's great coverage. Yeah, lots of media exposure there. I also want to say a quick thanks to Fast Start for the generous sponsor of this podcast. We were just chatting about the microphones and the nice equipment that they've set up for us here. So. I just attended their birthday party not too long ago. Yeah, yeah so it was great. good spot for young entrepreneurs to test out ideas very much like your own. Mm-hmm. So Bob and I share an uncommon uh, passion for, for people who are landlocked, and that is surfboards. <laughs> we met through, a, I believe it was, you said, a telephone sign on a telephone post. Yeah, when I was first starting like the idea of Casper Boards Canada, I knew that I needed a website, so I was like calling everybody and this and that and right outside my house at the end of Weller Street the apartment I was renting was a a butterweb design sign so I was just like oh well, I'll give it a shout and see what's happening yeah and that's how I met you and told you my idea and you were super stoked oh You're yeah how often completely do you get the opportunity jealous. to like <laughs> oh man it's like yeah I'm just kind of starting a surfboard uh, stand-up <laughs> paddleboard shaping company and I was just like well you pretty much just took my entire life dream yeah exactly and did it. So how did that come about? Like where, where did the idea spawn from and where were you, what were you doing when it came to you? Uh, well, I had tried stand-up paddleboarding for the first time. I guess it was the fall of 2014. So right like at the end of the season before the lake started to freeze over and I just loved it. I grew up like canoeing and I was always at the cottage up on uh, Bitter Lake up in Halliburton area. Just a tiny little lake, but yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, I tried it for the first time and I was I was just hooked. Like it was amazing being able to stand up and paddle on the water and turn on a dime and get into spots that you can't even get into with canoes and that's that's not very uh, common for watercraft. Right, yeah. Yeah, so then obviously I have a history of woodworking. I, you know, worked for about 10 years in the woodworking industry. And anytime I see something that I want, I don't think how much does it cost. I think how can I build it? Right. So then I started looking online and uh, researching board designs and like manufacturers in Canada, find somebody I could, 
you know, chat with or something like that. And there's nobody making paddle boards in Ontario. So, you know, nobody I could find on the Google machine anyway. Mm-hmm. And that so, usually mm-hmm. is a good indication that uh, they're not out they're there. They're just not there these yeah, days. Exactly. So the other thing that is uh, very unique to your business of building stand-up paddle boards is the fact that uh, you're, you're ethically sourcing your materials. Yeah, we're trying to be as environmentally friendly as possible. So uh, I try and source everything from... Canada first and foremost locally is ideal so like the foam that I use for the core comes from uh, coat plastic in Ajax the fiberglass is uh, from composites Canada in Toronto and then the big one like because the the harshest part of building a surfboard or stand-up paddleboard or anything is always the epoxy yeah so I've uh, started working with the people at Ecopoxy it's basically like an environmentally friendly, it's a plant-based epoxy versus petroleum-based, which means it's literally like uh, 100% solid. So I don't know if you know how finishes work. Not at all. Like the finish on this table that we're at is uh, like a lacquer, right? So they go by solid content. So there's like, in a standard lacquer, you're at like, you know, somewhere between five and 10%, I forget the number, uh, solid content. And then the rest of the 90%, just evaporates into the air and leaves that hard substrate behind. Okay. But with the epoxy being 100% solid, nothing evaporates. It just goes on a chemical reaction and hardens, and then you're left with a super hard, hard finish and a wicked surfboard. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. I mean, it's so much healthier for me as the builder yeah. and also the environment. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's great. So, so how did that thought process come about? You were... Uh, you were actually, you were working at a wood shop. Yeah, I worked for about uh, six years at a, a custom furniture factory and not factory, like custom furniture shop in Port Perry on table, Ontario called, uh, <laughs> building called? tables, building <laughs> tables. Yeah. Uh, it was called Wiggers custom furniture actually. Pretty. That is a hilarious name for a store. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was their last name. They were Dutch, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And so he was awesome. He was a great boss. He was like at the forefront of environmental furniture. Like before. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he started it back in, well, his, I think his grandfather, his great grandfather started woodworking in, you know, way back when. And then when he took it over, he turned it into like an environmental focus and he actually ended up building, uh, you know, Bob Burnquist, the skateboarder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He built his half pipe in his backyard out of oh, cool. like FSC wood and all Is that Bob kind Canadian? of stuff. Uh, no, John just had, John Wiggers had a lot, God rest his soul. He actually just passed away quite suddenly from cancer, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he just had wicked connections. He just met people and yeah, it was awesome. But unfortunately, I had a little bit of an accident at the wood shop. I was actually saving up to go back to school to take professional golf management. And then uh, one false move on the table saw and lost a couple fingers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I lost half of my uh, middle finger and uh, about a third of my ring finger on my left hand. So yeah, the, uh, the wedding ring went on pretty quick on that one. <laughs> but yeah, that pretty much expedited it. And then I went into the golf business and tried for five years to be a golf pro. Basically, it was just a great excuse to get out and golf every day, yeah. you know, yeah. all that. It was, it was awesome, but uh, it wasn't really panning out as, as well and as speedy as I wanted it to. And, you know, I'm 36 now, so I needed to find something. And 
that's what kind of led me after that didn't work out and obviously it's pretty seasonal being a golf course in Ontario mm-hmm. so then I was looking in for stuff to do in the winter and wasn't really finding much stuff and then uh, I came across OSEB it's the Ontario self-employment benefit yep so it's basically young entrepreneurs and their definition of young's uh, I think 18 to 39 okay. so that was pretty good sure I got in there on that and then they basically help you out with your payments and that kind of thing and allow you the opportunity to start up your own business. And your so, business has been explosively popular with everybody you talk to. Oh, definitely. I mean, you mention it to somebody and they just have, like yourself, yeah. I mean, they actually just, they just love it. They just, want one. They want to come light out. light right up. I mean, they just, yeah, yeah, I can't wait because this summer's when it's really going to take off because... You know, last summer was like a huge product development year. Mm-hmm. So this year is going to be, you know, have a bunch of boards, actually get out there, you know, and hopefully get like, you know, demo days, get like 10 people all out on my board, cruising around either Little Lake or I mean. Should do the lift locks. Yeah, do the lift locks Get, on, for get sure. in the papers. Definitely. Anything and everything that we can do, we're going to do. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully we don't spread ourselves too thin, but uh, yeah. There's only one and a half people in the business at the moment because my wife, who is, you know, technically half owner, she's got a full time job. So yeah, she just helps out in her spare time and everything. But uh, yeah, yeah, should be good. Very good. Yeah. So uh, at what points did you have that crystallizing thought where you're just like, I could do this. This could be my life. Well, it was basically due to the. OSEB, like, because, you know, the money wasn't exactly flowing in for us at the time. Money was a little bit tight. We were renting. We were thinking about getting married, buying a house, and all the rest of that, which obviously takes up a lot of time. Sure. And so they really solidified it for me, accepting me into their program. And then uh, with their help, I made a, you know, did up, I don't know what it was, a 50, 60 page business plan, and just really had four weeks to put a ton of thought into it and a ton of research yeah and man i had no idea how hard it was going to be to source all the materials and everything that you need yeah because there's a lot of things that are only made in china yeah you know so unfortunately we're working to get that kind of back to canada you know maybe locally source some products or find some builders that can make the little small parts that i don't have time to make but uh yeah once they accepted it and then i really got into developing it and you know, just went over to Monaghan Lumber and grabbed a big chunk of cedar and carved it up to the shape I thought would be good for a surfboard and then <laughs> glued some foam to it and just started shaping away. And yeah, it was great. I thought I could just use my traditional woodworking tools. I have a pretty big collection in the garage, but you know, styrofoam is not wood and uh, it needs specialized tools. So after about two months of, you know, basically fucking away with all these little things and couldn't get things level and this and that and went back to the Google machine and found that almost every surfboard maker has these rasps. It's basically just like a big grate with these diamond grits on it with some big holes so that the styrofoam can fly through. And then as soon as I got those, I mean, that was it. That's when I realized that, you know, the first board I shaped, you know, it took me forever. 
and then and, I got yeah. it. And you saved me a ton of time on the board I made. Exactly. Because you, you, you actually stepped in at a critical moment because I had mm. gotten up to the point where you have to like zero out all of your angles. Yeah. And well, setting, I had no idea that that was even going to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, that same with me, right? I just thought, okay, well, I'll saw it out and it'll be great. Yeah, but I mean, you, you need that 90 degree angle Hell on your yeah. rail bands before you start shaping the curves on the side or else, yeah. I mean, you'll just be, <laughs> you'll be, I don't know, you'll be screwed. <laughs> just like surfing around on this like futon potato chip shape yeah. that, <laughs> that's about it that looked good at the start well without the those rasps it's kind of like canoeing without a paddle you'll get where you're going but it'll take a long freaking time yeah you know it's just uh yeah but and do you great. remember what those rasps are called in case uh any other I think shapers? they're just surfboard rasps. That'll, I got them from uh, a company in New Jersey called Greenlight Surf Supply. Yep. Because obviously there's not many surf supply stores in Canada, <laughs> <laughs> especially Ontario. No. Yeah, so I got them from them and they shipped them up pretty quick. And then uh, as soon as, yeah, it was just nuts. It was like night and day. It was just like cutting through it like butter and just, you know, everything was nice and smooth and nice angles and just pleasurable. It's yes, just a nice feeling definitely. when you've got the right tools and the the product the project is coming together the way you would imagine it to. Yeah. So describe your first uh, experience out on the water. On one of my boards? On one of your homemade oh, man. boards. It was awesome. So uh, my wife, Ali, she has uh, her family cottages up on Lake Muskoka. And uh, so I took the board up there because we were going up for the weekend and, you know, strapped it to the car and I'm like just looking up and every time I get out to like do the gas or like, you know, get groceries or get a case of beer, I was just looking at it and I was like, man, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. You know, your car just, no matter what you're driving, it just looks cooler with a surfboard on top. Yeah. So yeah, I was pretty stoked and then uh, we took a ton of pictures and this and that. We didn't really have video cameras or that or else I would have, but... Uh, yeah, just took it down to the lake, threw it in, and jumped on, and I was absolutely amazed. Because I'd wrote a few before that, like before I finalized my first one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I realized there were some that were kind of clunky and, you know, didn't turn well, didn't track well. And then there was the ones that tracked really well. But Yeah, there are you know, an like unbelievable the, number of variables that go into the final shape of a surfboard. Oh, definitely. I mean, especially for like the ones that we use here in Ontario, like the flat water ones. I mean, you want one that's fun to be on and, you know, all the rest of it and easy to use, but you also want it to look cool and all the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, when I got on mine and I started paddling and like instantly it just tracks straight, you know, shift your weight to the back a little bit and do a, a hard backstroke and Thing just turns on a dime it was amazing man and i was just like you know i was going all over i went out and around the island and nice. yeah i think the first trip was uh i don't know i must have like went out for an hour i was like i'll be back in five minutes so you guys can try and then i just never came back <laughs> for like an hour but yeah it was great and uh everybody that tried it loved it and everybody was just floored they're like wait wait wait, wait. so so you made it yeah i'm like how the hell did you make this thing i'm like well Mostly YouTube. <laughs> yep, it's true. That's definitely yeah, my answer I mean, to how I you, made my little sperm whale surfboard as well. Yeah, there's, exactly. This guy on YouTube, David W. Oh, I used Andrew W. myself. Sorry, Andrew W. Yeah. 
that guy is awesome. Andrew, I, if you ever listen to this podcast, come man, to like, thank you so much. Come to Peterborough. We will treat you right. Yeah. Oh, you you are a genius. Free, and, uh, free beer and yeah. Uh, and I'll get you on the podcast. I, I won't even charge him for a paddleboard rental. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's just one of those businesses that you that you've created that if there were more of them in a city or a town, like it just makes the culture better. It makes people happier. It's one Definitely. of those like yeah. cultural wins yeah. that just makes well, I mean, me so like excited for this competition you're in tomorrow. And I really hope that, yeah, that you win it. Cause like, well, Kelly down at, uh, at Peterborough sup, I mean, he has boards there and everything. And he basically has a standout paddleboard business that's thriving in Peterborough. Yeah. I mean, got every the river summer, sunny the days. Yeah. There's just, you know, I don't know what the actual number is, but it's got to be ten to one paddleboarders to like canoers and kayakers. I mean, really, they're just it's and this is canoe central. This exactly. is canoe capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> My numbers might be a little off. I've never actually <laughs> counted them, but uh, yeah, you see paddleboarders out there all the time. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe someday there'll be a stand-up paddleboard museum in Peterborough. Oh, <laughs> have to start something like that. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, it's um, cool. I can't wait to get my trailer done. That's gonna be fun. This is the one you're gonna bring around to. Uh, yeah, festivals like to and do such. like demo days and like you know go to festivals or cottage shows and that. So tell us about this trailer. What are we to anticipate <laughs> out of Casper boards for so the I future? So I bought an 18 foot 1978 holiday camper trailer, which oh is man. awesome. <laughs> So I took it up to my parents because obviously I was uh, still. So is this one of those big silver things that? Uh, no, is all those are the Airstream. Airstream. It okay. still looks cool, but it's yeah. more like the traditional, like you know, it's a wood frame, like siding on the side. Yeah, and whatnot. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty ugly, but uh, but awesome. Yeah, my dad and I just went inside, and literally just the two of us with two sledgehammers, and we just gutted it. <laughs> you know, like ripped the stove out, the washroom out, the washroom pan was pretty disgusting because oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not having a washroom or anything in it basically it'll it'll be able to house I'm guessing about 18 boards that many well it's 18 feet long right and they're okay. like picture the size of a trailer right they're about seven feet eight feet wide whatever the max or okay yeah max is for roadworthy yeah yeah, so I'm just building a stand-up paddleboard rack on either side, and then if I need more storage, I'll build like a rollout one in the center. Oh, and then there was just enough yes. room that I retrofitted the two couches that were in the trailer to begin with, and made like a little U-shaped office at the one end. Oh, so I got like a little office room there, and then the the racks, and it's got the big awning and everything, and. 17 cans of uh, white spray paint later. It's a beautiful pearl white. <laughs> I mean, you know, it would have been nice to get it professionally painted, but, uh, you know, the money. Yeah. You know, it cost me under that's $200. For later, that's, yeah, that's, exactly. That's for later when you've got the sales to support. Like, look at, yeah. were, you, were you able to make the steam whistle uh, talk? Every, like, Greg from Steam Whistle comes once a year to Fleming College and gives a talk. Uh, about the early days. Yeah, it wasn't Greg though. It was uh, oh, I forget the lady's name. She was one of the ones that was at the start of Steam Whistle as well, and she gave a talk. Yeah, that's amazing. Mind blowing awesomeness. Retrofitting all those old vehicles yeah. with electric engines and yeah. everything, and then like what is it? Their bottles have uh, what'd she say? Thirty three percent more glass. 
so they cost a lot more. And so like your standard brown bottle, these glasses have like 33% more, the steam whistle ones. Yep. So they can go through roughly 45 cycles. Oh. And the standard brown bottle gets like 15. Right. So, you know, just things like that. Putting more money in at the start pays off huge. Yeah. You know, so, so much. Great. We were talking about that for marketing. Bob's got, uh, he's got a flex fit hat on, really high yeah. end baseball cap. He just did with the Casper Boards Canada logo that I designed. Yes. Well, sorry, I vectorized. He designed. <laughs> let's, I, keep, let's keep the creative. Well, uh, I took you a clear. chalkboard drawing and you turned it into computer digital something or other. That's that's definitely not my forte. So, thanks, Ryan. Yep, it was a collaborative uh, effort there, and. You've also got some bamboo t-shirts on the way, correct? Yeah, so we got, uh, I think the company's Jericho, but I use uh, the local suppliers, Renegade Apparel, Miles over there. He's awesome. He's amazing. He helped me out with my silk screen and everything. He's on George or? No, he's on, uh, he's on Hunter. Yeah, it's that little tiny white house across from the new apartment buildings. I'm, I don't know where that is, but you'd you'd miss it if you didn't know it was Renegade there. Apparel. Renegade Apparel. Go in there sometime. Yeah. They got amazing T-shirts. He does an amazing job. It's like total old school, but like you know, mass production and yeah, he just does an amazing stuff there. So he helped me out huge with all that and got me my silk screen so I can put prints on everything. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it's amazing all the little things. He also did my stickers, so I got a whole bunch of uh, stickers done up. I don't know, about two inches by four inches. Yeah. Just to put on like my paddles and this and that. And basically, I'm just slapping on everything except for the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's been amazing. And I get the shirts through him. So they're 100% Canadian made from sustainable bamboo. Like bamboo, I don't know, if bamboo cotton. Or, I think it's just bamboo. Yeah, how do you make a I fabric have a out of bamboo? Slightest idea. But it, they. But Miles knows we're. They good. feel so silky. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so comfortable, and yeah. then yeah, slap the Casper Boards logo on, and yeah, oh, you know, it's a, paying that, that you know, and it's not that much more compared to like your standard T-shirt. Yeah. You know, you pay an extra three or four bucks a shirt. And, yeah. And suddenly you know, you're in the premium bracket. Exactly. Yeah, it's good. Which is basically the, the motto for everything that we're trying to do with Casper Boards. I mean, mm. every step of the process, we just want to refine and make more environmentally friendly and try and get as little waste as possible. Because, like, the process right now for shaping the boards, like, I just buy big square chunks of foam. Mm -hmm. And then, well, you did it yourself, the hot wire cutter. And you, yep. you know, shape out your rocker and yep. the top deck and all the rest of it. And uh, I was talking to this old guy, Ralph. He's like a 75-year-old that works at Coat Plastic. Apparently, he made a couple surfboards back in like the 70s right, or 60s uh, or whatever. because he's from California or something coastal. I don't know where he was from, yeah, but like, he spent time down there. And he'd always been working at this factory, like, you know, a styrofoam, basically yeah. a packaging company. Yeah. And so I went in and, you know, he comes out and he hobbles out to the front desk and starts talking to me so slowly. And, you know, I was like, oh, great, this is going to take forever. And then I told him what he was, what I was doing. And then he's like, oh, well, you don't want the two pound foam. You want the four pound foam. If you're making surfboards and if they're that big, you can't use this and you can't use that. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Thanks, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Got but the then, right. Uh, guy there yeah definitely <laughs> so i ordered and that's when i went to pick up all my square chunks right yeah and then when i was leaving i was chat like chatting with him 
And he said, you know, once you get your design done, he said, bring in your stringer, which is like the cedar that runs up the middle, which is basically the final shape. Yep. And then they hook it up to their giant industrial machine. And so they'll cut the rocker and the bottom, right. you know, right. and the top deck for me, which literally brings the waist down like, you know, that's 50% probably. Yeah, probably around like the 30 to 40% yeah. mark, you know, whereas like all that stuff was going to waste. So they basically have these big giant foam blocks. So I think I got enough to make 11 boards out of one of their giant stock pieces. And then with this process, I think we're at about 16 or 17 boards Damn. that we can get out of the same size chunk. Just because you don't, you know, yeah, you're not. it kind of sits on top of each other and just kind of like stacking chairs. They just, yeah, you know, start fit. start coming off the line. So, yeah. so is that the point you're at now with it? or Yeah, so when I'm done with all the square chunks that I have now. You're going to go back and And then I go back, I bring him the stringers. Do you have a then, model name for your current board? No, we're still working on that one because everybody names their models, yeah, right? And right now it's like I, I all around board. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's lame. Yeah. I'm like, I need to find that's something. That's just the category. Yeah, basically. So you can surf with that board. You can take it on yeah. flat water. I don't know. It's got an okay amount of rocker. You, you got, can pivot you got any ideas? The bob board? <laughs> it's right. something, something fundamental like that wouldn't be a bad start, like the original or yeah. any, something like that. You know what I mean? Like the first one. Like, yeah, yeah. It can be simple. It can be pure that way. Yeah, something that just shows that, or just your last basically, name. Because basically, you know, Zach. like we want it. We're just starting. Yeah, exactly. We want to start off with just like three models. Just keep it simple, right? Are you gonna so, do like one of those? Uh, so for the listeners at home, I am a bit of a surfboard nerd in the sense that like I did read dozens of hours about surfboard <laughs> making before I made my sperm whale, which is a high volume shortboard for the Great Lakes I, surfing. I don't think I'll call mine the sperm whale. No, don't, you don't need to do, well, I'll sue you if you do because that's the best name. <laughs> and I might get sued because there's already a sperm whale out there, which Oh no. Yeah, I know, I like looked it up after I already had my logo designed for it and everything. Oh, and I was like, geez. duh. <laughs> but, so for the listeners at home, there, there are different types of bottoms or mm -hmm. I guess hull shapes for, yeah. for for boards, maybe you could walk us through kind of what a, a planing hull versus a displacement hull would be. Yeah, so a planing hull, like as far as surfing, it's basically made to ride on top of the wave and like, you know, your tail kind of catches in there and it rides on top of everything. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, what was the other one? Displacement. <laughs> displacement hull, yeah. lost the word there. It's basically like uh, your traditional kayak front almost. Mm -hmm. It's like a nose that cuts through the water for like flat water touring. So you track a lot better on a touring board with the displacement hull yep. and it can just cut through like the choppy waves on lakes and everything. But at the same time, you know, like the planing board, it just rides right over top of them. So I yeah. mean, you can get away with either. It just depends on how intensely you want to go out and ride. Yeah. I mean, if you and want how to specialized your style of riding is. Yeah. Like I can't wait till I get my first, cause I haven't fin like finalized the displacement hull, like a touring board yet. We pretty much just have the, 10 foot four all around board. Which is for 98% of listeners right now, that's the one to have. Yeah, definitely. Like that would, yeah, that would probably be like 98% of the sales. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, I have no idea what it would be, but I can't wait to get a displacement haul one and then go on like a four day through Algonquin. Yeah, and just you know? cover some big distance. Yeah, just stand up paddleboard and just like, you know, go on the loop and those things would be super easy to portage. Oh, they're so light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Way better than a 
canoe. Yeah. Mind you, some canoes are pretty darn light, but uh, yeah, that's true. But they're yeah. also like three times the price of a yeah stand up, like a nice Definitely. even a locally made sup. Like you're gonna be selling. I mean, yeah, the price the price we realized that we started at our price a little bit too low, so it, it's gonna have to go up a bit. Yep. But, uh, you know, the average price for a board of equal quality to ours is like $1,000 to $2,000. So we're going to be just at the higher end, probably like a, a $1,799 or something like that. Once we get all said and done and get it perfected and mm -hmm. we're just chucking out perfect boards. so That makes a lot more sense too then. Yeah. Buying a board from China that may delaminate in the sun and you never yeah. know like who made it. Like are the working conditions any good? That kind of thing. Exactly. You just don't know. I yeah. mean you could find out but uh, plane ticket to China is pretty, pretty costly. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And I mean there's nothing wrong with the boards that come from China. It's well, you know. All of the surfboards that you see on TV, those yeah. are all made. Well, 95% <laughs> of all stand-up paddleboards are produced overseas. Mm -hmm. And the 5% that's not produced there, almost all of it's like California. There's a few like little companies out in BC and you know, yeah. Florida, all those kind of places. But yeah, we're hoping to be the un Ontario guys. It's fitting. Yeah, definitely. It makes sense. It's nice. It's like we've got this landlocked little surf culture which is growing like crazy yeah i, mean, I can't wait till i get a dry suit and join yeah, you out in the so, winter on so the bob waves. and i have been trying to connect <laughs> on a day where we can both go out to lake ontario in the winter and uh and do some surfing because the waves are on some days ocean ocean caliber yeah we get enough wind from the uh, the hurricane season to just create these little swells like yeah. on the lakes lake ontario and you, you um, just have to be willing to uh Freeze your mustache, freeze your beard. <laughs> yeah, like <if> you, exactly. <laughs> just, well, the gear's good enough. My Polish though. heritage doesn't really allow a mustache yeah. for myself. But yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be fun, man. I can't, I can't wait to try out the stand-up paddleboard on them. Oh, man. The stand-up paddleboarders out there have the most fun out of anybody because they catch all the waves on any day. Even yeah. if the waves are huge, they catch them earlier and they get longer yeah. rides. Definitely. Uh, it's Yeah, it's definitely the thing to do. Like If you want to get into surfing... Stand-up paddleboard surfing is the best way to start because you're also going to be paddling in the waves, so you're already up. Yeah, and a lot of times you can manage to ride a wave and not fall in the frigid waters of Lake yeah. Ontario. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even in the summer when the waves are smaller, like you can be out there when the water's a bit warmer and you can be having like a nice time yeah, surfing. Definitely. And, yeah, it's just uh, can't wait. It's the way man. to do it for sure. Yeah, because um, I haven't really put thought into designing my boards for surfing like surfing surfing because yeah. like literally like you said 98 percent of the people buy the all-around board 98 percent of the people also only ride flat water in ontario yeah totally like i mean there's a very small percentage that ride those ontario waves yeah so i mean it's more about building a, a watercraft that's for our lakes not for surfing mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm curious how like my tail design is gonna work like it's just you know I think it'll work fine man you got that mm -hmm. like flat tail uh, and it's got a nice hard edge a on the back hard third, edge, so right? it's gonna release so. water really nicely yeah and I mean single fin right yeah so the only difference there is that if you were to throw big uh, turn like two more fins on there and turn it into like a high-performance longboard yeah pretty much got your like surfboard yeah. and I mean that's not hard yeah that's 10 minutes with a router and yep. 
Six hours of dry time with some epoxy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah some environmentally friendly epoxy. But yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it's amazing. It's uh, I'm just, you know, I always, always, always wanted to start my own business. Like I just, since I was young, like I just, I just wanted to, right? Like I just, I loved making stuff since I was young. So it just made sense. And then now to see it actually coming to and like actually happening and like you know I'm putting all this money into the business and then uh, well Allie and I my wife we just bought our first house in December and it has like a one and a half car garage and I'm putting a little addition onto the garage so that I can make my uh, paint booth so basically I get a paint booth now that it has like the I don't know it's negative pressure or positive pressure whatever it is you flick the switch and it sucks all the dust out of the room oh right on because the first two boards I made I made in this super old garage and like I tried to make a paint booth like but I mean I kept getting dust in it and there's like at least six or seven dog hairs in each board <laughs> <laughs> which you try and sand out and then you sand through and then you've got to fix it but uh, yeah I mean everything basically all the kinks got worked out in my first two boards. And then the third board that I just shaped for the video for the bears. When I saw that thing, I my mind was blown. Yeah. The you're talking about the one you made for Ali, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Just amazing. Like to use the word professionally made is is perfect because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a showroom surfboard. Oh definitely. Definitely. It's uh yeah, and they're only gonna get better. Like I mean the first two I had a few issues with finishing, but I mean, you know, product number one and product number two of a business that I'm hoping to make hundreds and hundreds and eventually thousands of, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think I did pretty darn well. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and like the minor imperfections that are in the board will not be, you know, the minor imperfections that were in the first board weren't in the second board. And then I feel like after I built the second one, I learned everything that I need to know to go on forward and just make perfect boards. You know, no more brushing on paint. That was just stupid. <laughs> you know, I went and bought a spray gun and, you know, and I got these, uh, I actually talked to the guys over at uh, Victory Art Supply on, is that Rubidge or Reed or... I don't know what section of that, you know, park splits off and does like 10 things there. That, uh, do you know where that is? Victory Art Supply? It comes up in Google. Yeah. If people want to find Victory Art Supply. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I went over that, to him. Scott, yeah. I think is his name, the guy that owns it. And I told him, I'm like, I need a water-based acrylic, you know, like a high-quality paint and some cool colors for my, for my surfboards that I'm spraying on and everything. And, you know, told him all about the business and everything. And he starts, you know, just rhyming off all this paint mumbo jumbo, you know, the kind of the same way you do about your surfboards or just something you're passionate about. And I was just like, okay. And so I found out when I'm saying water-based acrylic is just kind of redundant because all acrylic is water-based. <laughs> <I'm like>, okay. <laughs> kind of felt like an idiot, but you know, now I won't call it that anymore. So, uh, and the people who are going to notice you calling it that are only going to be art students. Exactly. And, like, people in the, in that industry. Yeah. Right? But now I won't call it that anymore. Water-based yeah. acrylic. No. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, so that's all set up and now the finish is just going to be, you know, super smooth and shiny and it's great. And hopefully down the road, like, you know, all the, the popular stand-up paddle boards right now have like the wood finish on, like almost all of them are yep. like that bamboo on, yep. the, on the top. 
So my job for about four years at the custom wood shop like the, that I worked at, the Wiggers Custom Furniture, yeah. uh, I was basically a veneer specialist. Oh, wow. Does that ever make sense for me? Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Eh? It just fits in perfect. Just the way all these steps worked. So literally, like, I, that was what I did for like 10 hours a day. I would like cut and match veneers and customers would come to us and want these funky designs inlaid into their tables. Oh, so wow. I would sit there and I'd carve things up or make this match or make that match. And then you put it into what's called a skin, which is so whenever you're doing veneer, like it's like the, the odd numbers, right? You can either have one, three, five, seven layers or whatever, because they have to crisscross just because of the nature of wood, like wood wants to pull on itself, right? So if you crisscross each layer, so you have your substrate and then two going opposite to it on top and bottom, okay. then they kind of counteract each gotcha. other and they don't warp or anything. So I mean, I can make a skin no problem for the top of the board. It's just gonna add, you know, that'll be another high-end product where I'd like to use like, you know, some Ontario maple, some walnut, oh. instead of the bamboo, right? Cause I mean, really like, I'm pretty sure we don't grow bamboo here in Canada. <laughs> Correct, yeah, I don't so, think so uh, I'd like to use, you know, I think it'd look awesome if we had a nice maple top on it or something like that, a nice walnut top. I mean, you wanna try and stay away from the super dark on the big surfboards because they can heat up with the, yeah, in the sun. Yeah, run into lamination issues. Yeah, I put the vents on. I bought the high quality vents. So, uh, and your handle's vented now too, right? Or was uh, it always vented? No, the handle's not vented. It's just uh, these little plugs that go basically right beside the handle and then they go into the foam and it's like a one-way vent so that when the foam on the inside, if it does heat up, and you know, not so much like gases, but just heat build up basically. Mm -hmm. And then if it builds up too much and you don't have a vent on it, it'll pop off your fiberglass and epoxy. And then you're left with this big ugly scar on your board. Yeah. So you put these little vents in, you drill a couple holes. And so it's just a one way water, air can't get in, but the hot air can escape and it saves your board, you know, for a little, little extra time and effort but i think almost all stand-up paddle boards have that now so yeah that was probably a, a quick learning process yeah for, uh, for the shapers out there yeah i've heard i've heard people before too that have taken their uh, surfboards and that on airplanes and then the, oh, and the pressure the pressure in the cargo them. bay or whatever just oh. goes pop oh no, like, no. <laughs> that would be the worst a strong argument for uh road tripping your boards to your destination yeah. if at all possible. <laughs> definitely road tripping is way more fun than an airplane anyway oh for sure especially if you have an 18 foot 1978 holiday camper trailer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a giant Casper Boards logo on the back. Totally. Yeah. So tomorrow night is the big night. Is there anything people can do in advance of that to uh, vote for Facebook things or support you in any yeah, way? Yeah, on there? the Bears Lair of Peterborough. I'm not actually sure when the voting closes. It, I don't know if it's right up until tomorrow or it might be today. But there's a picture of the Casper Boards logo on their website so if they like it you know that helps me out there's a little cash prize for whoever so gets that's the bears lair uh, facebook page yeah bears lair peterborough i think okay it's so yeah listeners if you if you're able to look up the bears lair peterborough facebook page and find bob casper zach's logo on that page and like it 
you get uh, great. yeah you get some some kind of it's a monetary i think it's time to forget the cash value but it's a little cash prize a little bit know? of money there for uh which will go into some uh some surfboard vents or something yeah. like that or future boards future research and development for maybe the surf want the surf's yes. up or the uh the, the touring board <laughs> or maybe some more uh some more logo designs from Butterweb. yeah maybe Butterweb <laughs> design uh some web development costs who knows where that's gonna go mm-hmm uh, and then other than that, people can come out and support. And I guess the biggest uh, way that they could support the company is by buying a stand-up paddleboard. Yeah, definitely. And well, not even, you know, there's a lot of people out there that aren't going to be able to afford a stand-up paddleboard. So uh, I have no idea on tom- timeline for this, but we're hoping to do some sort of a rental business as well. Oh, okay. Because like the going rate for renting a stand-up paddleboard is about $20 for two hours. And I mean, it can be it can be a good business, and it's a great way to get people out on your boards. Yeah, you but get I mean, a lot of entertainment out of yeah, oh yeah. That's being a, on the water know, for that long. Twenty bucks for two hours entertainment. That's a pr- that's a pretty good yeah. deal, especially like in downtown. The only like, thing cheaper is bowling, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Who we're wants uh, to bowl when it's nice out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we're hoping. I mean, I haven't actually finalized or looked into anything, but. I'd love to be able to take my trailer to like, you know, Beavermead or, you know, Rogers Cove. If you could, if I could talk to like the city and get, I don't know if you'd need like a food truck permit, like something similar like that. Like, yeah, I don't know either. Like a permit to not be a permanent store fixture, but still conduct business. Yeah. So I don't know how that would work or if it's even possible, but uh, I think that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you see the Casper boards trailer out at Rogers Cove. Yeah, you, you almost want to go down to the, the cabin chip truck there at Beavermead and talk to them about it and just yeah, be like, hey, exactly. I want to park beside you. What, who do you talk to? Who's I your I want to park right beside hall? the beach, not beside the, <laughs> the French fry truck. Park it right on the beach. Yeah, you know, right on like, the sand. Just yeah. across the uh, beach volleyball courts. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, somewhere around there, there's so much grass space and yeah. stuff there. Or even just in the parking lot right beside the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed they've been doing... Uh, we were there the other day with my nieces. Took them out to uh, Rogers Cove and that. and They've done a whole shoreline restoration project, it looks like, to stop the erosion. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good spot to go. Right on. Well, uh, best of luck Thank tomorrow you. night. And I'm, I'm for, a little nervous. Yeah, <laughs> Bob doesn't like the public speaking aspect of it. But uh, I wish I could just deliver the speech through these microphones tomorrow and just you know yeah, just bring up it. a recorded like <laughs> version of it and just like lip sync. Yeah, something. No, I'll be fine. But uh, yeah, it's a little nerve wracking. I mean, you know. You got to get up and throw your pitch, and mm-hmm. you're basically putting yourself out there, right? Totally, so, man. Yeah, you're in the arena. You're, uh, yeah, you're participating to your fullest extent, you know, yeah. in front of a live audience. Like, I mean, right now, I feel like it's like going to be entering the Thunderdome in Mad Max, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it's probably more like just going out for a quick chat with friends, you know. That's that's the way you gotta look at it. Yeah, there'll be a lot of familiar faces there and tons yeah. of support. People want to want Definitely. to see you succeed, right? So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it'll be a very positive vibe, and uh, yeah, I think you'll do really well. I I hope so too. You know, it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great. This is this is the way you get a business going, right? You just put yourself out there and hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, there's naysayers. They're like, yeah, well, you can't do that. You're Ontario, you know. 
there's too much business. They make too many of them in China. You can never compete. But I mean, you know, bugger that. Yeah. If you make it here in Canada, people in Canada will buy it. Totally. Yeah. That is a great note to end on. Yes, definitely. Don't worry about the naysayers. Just keep going for it. And people like to see people following their dreams. Yeah. Simple as that. So again, thank you to Brio Gusto for the support and for hosting the podcast. As well, make sure to check out their Jazz Day, which is April 29th and 30th as well as their ladies' night, Thursday, April 28th, 5.30 to 9 p.m. And, and Lobster Week. Lobster Week, right, 16th I mean, to 21st of May. Nothing goes with uh, stand-up paddleboarding quite as nice as a lobster <laughs> dinner right after the fact. Bob I will definitely <laughs> be here for one night between the 16th and the 21st, that's for sure. Bob, man, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. This is a pretty awesome thing you got going here, and I'm glad I could be a part of it. For sure. Hopefully in uh, some future future episode, we could maybe do like a, a follow-up a follow up of this. Um, can maybe, we rig these up like, on the paddleboard? I'm thinking like we could pull them out on the water somewhere and have like a dinghy <laughs> in case they fall. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure something out. And uh, listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. If you want to subscribe to us on iTunes, you can do it that way or check us out on uh, SoundCloud. I think there's a way to subscribe there too. And otherwise, thank you and good night. <laughs>